Welcome to the FitPro Podcast, a brand new initiative from FitPro for forward-thinking professionals who want the latest information while on the move. We hope you enjoy this week's pod, and for further information about today's podcast, head over to our social media pages and start the conversation. And to offer feedback and suggestions for future podcasts, get in touch with us at publish at fitpro.com. Hello and welcome to this week's FitPro podcast. Today we are joined by Christopher from Ten Health and Fitness. We will be exploring Pilates-based principles for athletes. Chris, it's great to have you with us today. Perhaps you can start by introducing yourself to all of the FitPros out there. Hi everyone, good to meet you all, good to be here. So, a bit of background about me. I've been with Ten Health and Fitness since July last year. Before that, I was a functional coach, a functional rehab coach and SAQ coach. I've worked with people in, involved in sports such as football, team sports, rugby, netball, tennis players, lots of people basically. But yeah, I've been here since July last year and it's been a buzz. Great. And, and how have you effectively used Pilates-based principles when you've worked with footballers and, and tennis players? Are you able to with some examples? Yeah. The thing is, I'll touch back on, when you, I'm looking at, at football players as, uh, as an example, you're essentially analysing their movements and you're looking at how they move around, uh, around on the pitch, whether they're on the ball or off the ball, how their bodies react to different situations, how do they move quicker, how do they turn quicker, uh, and you have to understand what it, what it is then that gets them to the, to the stage where they're able to do that at a high level. And Pilates fits into that phased system of increasing their performance. And when you realize the, the level of detail that goes into the teaching of Pilates, you understand exactly how well it fits into what's called the SAQ continuum. So the SAQ continuum, SAQ speed, agility, and quickness, and the continuum is essentially a phased system that builds people up in performance from a base and upwards, but the base is what's the real important part. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a couple of really useless analogies in a minute, okay. as well, just to give you an idea. But the, at the very bottom is a dynamic warm-up, and without warming the body up, you don't prepare it for the exercise you're about to do. And uh, any any decent Pilates session you do will start with a warm-up, just because it, it is that high level. Mechanics of movement is the bit, the part of this SAQ continuum where Pilates fits in best, because the mechanics of movement are essentially the the rules, the guidelines on which your body is following to do something at exactly the most efficient way before you can then make it better. Mm-hmm. I'll give you an example. It's one, one of my useless analogies. Right, first guy I ever had was uh, a Renault Clio, 1992 Renault Clio, when I was 17 years old. And it was a, a really ropey old thing, it had four gears. Right? And as a, a teenage boy, you want your car to be faster. You're six. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I want my car to be faster. I can't just go and whack a great turbo on it because the engine's not designed for that. The chassis's not designed for that. So you put a great big turbo on the on the car ten minutes down the road, and the whole thing will just blow up essentially. So you have to work on the components, or you know, a new engine, a new new chassis, a new gearbox, that sort of thing. All has to be focused on first before you can then add more power to it. The Pilates principles which are centering, concentration, control, precision, breath, and flow, you could put them, you could apply them to anything. You could make, bake a cake and apply those principles, and your cake will be better than if you didn't. It's, you could, absolutely anything you could apply that to. But if you apply that to understanding 
the body and the way the body moves, suddenly you're, you're creating a platform teaching your body, which is a very intelligent thing, but doesn't necessarily always know exactly how to operate for the life that we live now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, haven't, we haven't evolved that far. You know, the hunter-gatherer used to yeah, walk something like 17 to 20 kilometers a day just for food, whereas we don't do that every day. We sit at desks for 8 to 10 hours a day, essentially. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's... If you take, take the Pilates principles and take the, the view of Pilates and put it into the sport-specific mechanics of movement, suddenly you've created yourself a structure, a platform where performance is, is going to come much, much quicker and to a much higher level. Fantastic. And are there any particular exercises or movements that you, you know, have, have explored with athletes that have worked particularly, particularly well? Yeah, I suppose the one thing when you're looking at um, if you're looking at amateur athletes, they, they tend to skip a lot of uh, a lot of these phases, and they, they will go straight to the, the accumulation of potential, uh, the expression of potential, and they'll look at the exercises. They'll do the exercises that they think are relative to to the sport, but what they miss is focus on uh, neuromuscular development, so firing speed of motor neurons. So these are the exercises that allow them to focus on on how quickly the muscles can fire. They assume that they have a limit and they're doing something as fast as they can. But then when you go back, start again with your, your dynamic warm-up and your mechanics mm-hmm. work, and then start to add stuff like fast, uh, fast foot drills. You've seen people work with ladders, yeah, for yeah, example, on the floor. Yeah. So fast foot drills, getting the, the motor neurons to fire faster, it will improve. Now you don't do this to tongue hanging out fatigue. That's that's probably an, an important message here. You don't want people to do this until they you know they're pa- exhausted. panting, exhausted, yeah, yeah, yeah. dripping with sweat, and just crawling out of, out of the, the studio. Yeah. You want to do this to a level where you, you can encourage development, allow recovery, and recovery is important. But the, those fast foot, fast foot mechanics you won't see as often because it, they're not associated. There are things like you know, fast foot ladder doesn't. There isn't a ladder on the floor in uh, in, in a rugby match or a football pitch. Yeah, you, know, yeah. you don't do the really fast foot movements. Mm. So people tend to leave them out and try and just do the final movement that they associate with the sport that they're doing. Mm. But they've missed the exercises. Fundamentals. The fundamentals to... Yeah, they, they quite often will skip the, the, the mechanics of movement stuff, but then they'll also skip the, the, the fast footwork and the, then the explosive movements as well. Yeah. And that's what trains the brain to be able to, to, to work quickly. Uh, and that's the subconscious stuff. Yeah. How, how well do you think the kind of sport and athlete world is linking up to the Pilates world in terms of the education that's out there and the delivery from coaches? And- Professionally, it's pretty good, but I mean, I suppose you, you won't see much of it. But I mean, if, if you research far enough, you'll see all the top sports people doing Pilates and you know, using using a reformer quite often. As um, we've we've actually been working with the London Irish rugby team in in our club in in Chiswick, yeah. and they've been coming in quite regularly and doing doing yoga as well because yoga fits in quite well alongside this too because it's got the same sort of focus and so they've been coming out their physio has been sending their players into us to because they they understand the the, the quality of the exercise that's that's being performed is is absolutely key to getting these guys into the habit of working yeah. properly and that's 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 i suppose the different thing is you can you can do a session with with an athlete on a one-to-one basis and you know, they could get an hour, an hour and a half of really good coaching from you, but if they don't come back and see you again for another week, then their body will not adapt. Yeah, quick it won't enough. remember any of the movement. So, Pilates fits in quite well because it is is now becoming more commercial. And if you go to the right provider of Pilates, or if you've got a, a trainer that's that's highly qualified, then you can you can develop a program that is is within you know the the cost 
brackets of that individual. So there's, there's one concern is it's too expensive for some people if, if you have to if you have to pay two three hundred pounds a session, mm. um, which some of the top sports people will do. But a lot of the top sports people now do this and now use this. I've seen lots of photos of people on reformers, and, and it's not they they don't sing and dance about it, and you won't see. YouTube videos of them working out won't include the Pilates work that they do and I think that's what makes it difficult for a lot of people to understand why it's important. Yeah, it's not out, out there in the sense exactly. of... Exactly, it doesn't look like others are doing it but they are and it's mm. a really important, really, really important part of their programme. Why, why do you think that is? Why do you think people aren't putting um, videos and pictures? I think the thing is, we're in a, at the moment, we what do we look at? What do we look for when we're scanning through the internet for videos? Something that catches our functional, attention. It's all a lot of functional... Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, it's the taglines that people put on. This is amazing. This mm. is fantastic. Uh, you know, watch watch uh, how quickly Andy Murray returns thirty balls, whatever it might be. It's stuff that your brain tags onto naturally because because you want to see how exciting it is, how explosive it is, how quick can this guy actually do that. But the Pilates stuff doesn't get that. You know, it doesn't it doesn't draw people in that aren't aren't naturally aren't mm. normally interested in it because yeah. you sort. Of, you have to kind of experience it to get the sell. Yeah, it doesn't get the hits. And that's what people put... Unfortunately, that's what people put a lot of stuff up on online for, is they want they want the volume of people looking at that content. Yeah, yeah. So, And it, it doesn't tend to get as much interest from your, your I suppose, your, your wider public mm. because it's it's not what they're looking for when they, when they search. They have to know what they're looking for to get to it. Mm. And for those who have, have got to that phase where they know what they're looking for, they, they know what they're missing, they will find Pilates to be probably one of the key things they're missing if they're not already using it. And it doesn't matter what sport you're doing. Yeah. What advice would you give to personal trainers who, who may have a new client who, who is an athlete from an athletic background? What advice would you give some take-home information? Well, quite often, as a, as a trainer, you may not have experience in that sport specifically because you can't possibly have done every sport. So research the sport is a really good bit of, a, bit of advice if you can go and watch a game it doesn't matter if it's not a professional game go and watch an amateur game and just see what movements are involved in the sport and you can link them to a lot of exercises that you probably already have in your arsenal you've probably done with lots of people that don't have you know a, a sports background or that aren't, aren't amateur professional or semi-pro sports people you know exercises that work so understand the movements associated with that sport break them down and then start to build them back up again. But in the process of doing that, communicate with the client. Let your client know exactly why you're building from this to this. They have to be on board with the program that you're building them because they may also not understand why the exercises that you're giving are going to make them better in, yeah. in the performance of their sport. If your communication to them helps them understand how that process works and they're on board with it, then mentally their development will, and that's a, a key part of it as well. We know about sports psychology being a, a key part in, in, in performance, sports performance. Yeah. If they're not on board with, with the program that you're giving them because they don't understand it, then they, it's going to impact them at every stage in that development. Fantastic. So, and are there any what particular courses and sort of educational resources would you recommend for Pilates instructors to go and to go and do themselves. And. There are some. It depends on what because you've got some classical trained Pilates instructors. There are mat trained Pilates instructors. All a really, really, really good level. You've got some of the bigger providers. We, of course, run our own academy here at Ten for Dynamic Reformer Pilates, which is is we're the biggest provider of this in Europe in, in what we do and. We do attract people of, of all different levels and, and all over the world actually to do courses here. 
the reform is a really good piece of kit and it's overlooked a lot so if, if you can find a, a, a good Pilates course that, that gives you training on a reformer you'll find that that one piece of kit will give you thousands of exercises that you can do with anyone you're working mm. with. Do you know the split between sort of the amount of Matt Pilates instructors out there and Reformer, how does that, what does that look like? Uh, I think well, Reformer hasn't been around as long as Matt, so you, you're probably looking... I, I don't actually know the figure. I'd, I'd probably guess that you've, you've got a growing number of Reformer Pilates instructors, especially and definitely in London at the moment. It, it, that, is, that is certainly growing. But we've got a lot of Matt Pilates instructors that are, are trans, uh, transgressing. Moving, moving, across, moving into the yeah. into Reformer work because it's, it's more popular, essentially. Mm. It's... And people understand that the more versatility with a reformer as well. And if you put a piece of equipment into an exercise session mm. with a client that you're working with, they see more value in it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So uh, mm. it's you're definitely seeing a move from from one to the other. But you have to modernise the work that you're doing with Pilates as well. So it does. It sometimes has a it has a rep that some intensely guys don't quite understand the the quality of Pilates. They they they, they have a, a there, there are quite a few male male classes I don't know there's Alf, Alf, another class in West London yeah I don't, um, there are some we've, that are just male we've done male some male focus, specific yeah. classes as well and they, they do attract some interest but I think I don't know if that's because the guys expect something different but they shouldn't because it's this, the, the, the work that they're doing in the class is of the quality that it's, it needs to be we don't change it for guys no no but I think, I think the feedback when I spoke, spoke to you know those guys that did the class the feedback was it was incredibly hard oh, it's and really I think difficult. and I think they you know they're shocked uh, yeah yeah I made, the, I made the mistake of coming coming into the company here did, did my first class we will start everyone with a beginner's class and then I think that's I did, what I did and I was like oh. really tough <laughs> so I mean I'm sort of tracking the calories that I burn in a beginner's class and I'm, I'm somewhere four or five hundred calories in the beginner's classes here so they're not they're not low level at all. They're just, just sort of to start you off to understand. But even the the most seasoned athlete will not understand a lot of the movements mm. or a lot of the positioning. There's a lot to think about as well. We're taking the springs off, like so much. I mean, but, I mean not if, uh, you should do a, a reformer lunge, for example, and you you've got to you focus on in the same way as you would if you didn't have a reformer. But you've got to focus on foot position. You've got to focus on on the tracking of the patella mm. over the foot. You've got to focus on your weight distribution. You've got to focus on having your pelvis in a neutral position shoulder girdle as well spine in a neutral position think about your head carriage as well and then you've got to you've got to activate the right muscles in the right order mm. and you've got to have your breathing in line with the movement so it's th- trying to think about well, that suddenly yeah. you just burn energy just thinking about it but you've, if you've got a good instructor that can correct you at every stage as well you'll teach your brain that every time it's in that position these are the things it needs to focus on mm. actually I've got another example of this if you were to Listeners, try this. It might work for you. If you were to, if you've got a smartphone, use an iPhone for example. And I tell you what, this is a really poor thing to do on audio, but you can, you might be able to comment on seeing it. Work, okay. right? So I've got my phone out. I'm going to go into my notes, and I've got here. I'm going to start. I've got a note here, right? And I've got, I've got written on here a tagline from your website. Mm-hmm. If I start writing, Fit Pro is the largest and most and what I'm doing is my phone has understood exactly what I'm trying to type and I'm no longer using the keyboard to type I'm using the predicted messages and I managed mm-hmm. to write that whole thing again yep. so the smart chip in this phone has understood what it is that I, I need to do 
I don't need to now do it uh, as, as key by key. I'm just using the predictive. So I actually managed to write FitPro is the largest and most respected association for fitness industry professionals in the world by pressing about 10 different buttons. Mm-hmm. Because my phone understood from the amount of times I've written that before that that's what I was trying to do. And that's what you're trying to get your, your brain to do in this situation. You get your brain to go, I know what you're doing here. You don't need to tell me. I'll do it subconsciously. And suddenly you can perform much, much better. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's a good example. <laughs> yeah, poor for, poor for audio because no one, you can't see it. But yeah, if you, if you write it often enough, the phone understands that that's what you're trying to do. If you do a movement often enough, your brain understands what, what you're trying to do. Yeah. That's great. So Chris, tell me about how to turn health and fitness create a great experience in their reformer classes. The experience for our clients here starts from the moment they walk in the door. Actually before that, you know, it's, it starts in, in every bit of communication that you have with them. So you try and create a persona that they come into and they, they see before they arrive and when they arrive. When they get here, it's, the experience starts at, at the door, not just when they walk in the class. So someone may feel apprehensive if they haven't done a class like this before. They may feel a little bit anxious. So the moment, the, the earliest that you can dispel that anxiety, the better. So we'll, um, you know, greet people, smile at people, show them around the reformer if they've not done it before, explain what it's like. Then, you know, just your, the atmosphere you create begins with not just greeting, but, you know, that, that smile, asking how someone, someone's been, how's your week going, you know, mm. how's, how's your family? We try and get to know everybody that we, we can that walks in the door. And it gets harder with the more people that come in. And we've always said, try and learn two things about the person, the people that are walking in. If you've got 10 people, you're trying to remember 20 things yeah. about people in the room. But all it has to be is something really, really small. You know, if you, if you just remembered that, um, you know, person A was away last week, you know, with, with the family somewhere. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And you remember to ask them, how was your trip? It, may, it makes such a difference mm. just to know that you have a personal interest in, in what they're doing. And then when you get to the class itself, music is important. We Obviously, you need a, a bit of background music so that um, people have got that to motivate them, but it won't make it motivate them as much as an instructor who is speaking clearly, smiling. Yeah, I think that's know. really key. It's like, you know, it's all, it should be all about the instructor. Absolutely. It's a class that takes away. I've been to... Some classes where you know the instructor's sitting down and it's all about the great music, and that's obviously a worry because of course, yeah, body language. We're not there for the music. Body language is, <laughs> is really really key. You can put some good music on, of course, but if you're not if you're not speaking clear enough, if you're not talk, addressing the entire room, but not the individuals, I think that's a key key point here as mm. well. Is you've got to use tactile correction. So you, yes, you you can use your hands to correct people, but it's got to be tactile, mm. and you don't want to. You don't want to pinpoint individuals in a class you know, because wow. people don't, they don't want that individual attention. And they don't want everyone else to know that they're getting that individual attention. Mm. So if you want to address one person, you address the, uh, address the entire room, essentially. But it's, yeah, it's the, the atmosphere is created generally by the instructor. Uh, and they know that that experience starts before those people even walk in the room. And at the end of the class, we want to ask people, how did you find it? How did mm. you get on? You know, and if you then have one-on-one conversations with them about how they performed or what they think they struggled with, that's your opportunity then to give them that mm. individual information. And then, and then do you kind of work out like each individual person's goals and that sort of thing? Or? Yeah, we'll, we'll ask everybody in, in, at the start of the class. We'll build that into our warm-up here. Mm. So we'll, whilst we're doing warm-up exercises, which we know the lower-level stuff, we walk around and, and have just... just small little one-to-one conversations just to say how you doing is anything specific you want to work on or is there anything that um, that we weren't already aware of in in terms of functional uh, functional difficulties or imbalances Um, they'll tell us and the the instructors will then build in the appropriate progressions and regressions without having to 
say you need to do it differently yeah, to everybody yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. Because if they feel like they're being singled out, then they're, they're experienced. Well, yeah, they'll feel, they'll feel embarrassed. And, Absolutely. You know, no one wants to feel embarrassed. So that's part of our academy. We teach. That's how we teach our instructors to train people and to, to teach in classes. So that yeah, they, it's always a is it teach the back row, not not just the front. Yeah, and yeah. You, you can't let them let the trainers work that out for themselves. You you, you know we, we give them that instruction and let them make them understand that these things can really impact the experience for the people that come into their classes. Definitely. Yeah, that's cool. And I guess, how do you monitor in terms of ability? So say someone is sort of putting themselves in, a, in an intermediate class and they maybe should be in a beginner's, how do you, do you just make a suggestion? I suppose or it's, or yeah. Is it literally down to them? It's, uh, it's important. I mean, it's an important reason that we've only got 10 spaces in each of our classes. Because if you've, if you've got, and some classes you can go to, maybe not reformer Pilates, but yoga or mat Pilates, you can have 40, 50 people in that room. And you, you, with one or even two instructors, you won't be able to see everybody. No, I think it's, I think it's da- yeah, dangerous. So, it's like what's always like wellness festivals. I went to one recently and there's people just on the grass with no mat, just at the back doing their downward dogs. Yeah, and, and, you, and like, you see some terrible really, positioning, really, some, yeah. some really dangerous really positions dangerous, that people yeah. get into. So it allows us to pay pay individual attention to what everybody's doing, make the corrections you can within the, in the classes. But then we do have beginners, intermediate and advanced classes. We do stretch classes as well. And then we do secondary classes that can help people. We also do physio-led Pilates classes. And our physios are hybrids. Uh, a lot of our physios are hybrids. So they, they, will, they will do physiotherapy therapy and then they'll yeah, teach classes your at the same time care. exactly that's exactly it. it's our circle of care so we um yeah we we've we can move people around the business as as we need to in different into different services as they need them we can also we'll also then go to you know after the after the classes have those conversations as to whether or not they need to take a step down and try a beginner's class or move up to an intermediate or an advanced class I tried my first advanced class the day after my first intermediate class. It was the worst idea I've had. (laughs) Very difficult. (laughs) Thanks so much for your time today, Chris. Thank you for having me. For more information about FitPro education and for details on FitPro membership and insurance, you can visit us at fitpro.com. We hope you enjoy today's podcast and see you next time.